My name is Gerard Lockhart. This is my podcast, Inspire Me. I'm recording my ninth episode. And once again, on this episode, I'm going to tell you about two African-Americans that achieved great things in their lives that you probably never heard of. And this will be the last episode for the Black History Month series. I'll be back right after this. First up, Garrett Morgan, born March 4, 1877, died July 27, 1963, was an inventor and businessman from Cleveland who is best known for inventing a device called the Morgan Safety Hood and Smoke Protector in 1914. The invention was later dubbed the Gas Mask. The son of a formerly enslaved man and woman, Garrett Morgan, was born in Claysville, Kentucky on March 4, 1877. His mother was Native American, black, and white descended. Her father was a minister named Reverend Garrett Reed, and his father was half black and half white, the son of a Confederate colonel, John Hunt Morgan, who led Morgan's Raiders in the Civil War. Garrett was the seventh of 11 children, and his early childhood was spent attending school and working on the family farm with his brothers and sisters while still a teenager. He left Kentucky and moved north to Cincinnati, Ohio, in search of opportunities. Although Morgan's formal education never took him beyond elementary school, he worked to give himself an education, hiring a tutor while living in Cincinnati and continuing his studies in English grammar. In 1895, Morgan moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where he went to work as a sewing machine repairman for a clothing manufacturer, teaching himself as much as he could about sewing machinery and experimenting with the process. Word of his experiments and his proficiency for fixing things traveled fast, and he worked for numerous manufacturing firms in the Cleveland area. In 1907, the inventor opened his sewing equipment and repair shop. It was the first of several businesses he would establish. In 1909, he expanded the enterprise to include a tailoring shop, that employed 32 people. The new company turned out coats, suits, and dresses, all sewn with equipment that Morgan himself had made. In 1914, Morgan was awarded two patents for the invention of an early gas mask, the safety hood and smoke protector. He manufactured the mask and sold it nationally and internationally through the National Safety Device Company, or NATSCO. Using a marketing strategy to avoid Jim Crow discrimination, with historian Lisa Cook calls an amenity by dis disassociation. At the time, entrepreneurs sold their inventions by conducting live demonstrations. Morgan appeared in these events to the general public with municipal, fire departments, and city officials representing himself as his own assistant, a Native American man called Big Chief Mason. In the South, Morgan hired whites, sometimes public safety professionals, to stage demonstrations for him. His newspaper advertisement features smartly dressed white male models. The gas mask proved very popular. New York City quickly adopted the mask and eventually 500 cities followed suit. In 1916, a refined model of Morgan's mask was awarded a gold medal at the International Exposition of Sanitation and Safety and, and another gold medal for the International Association of Fire Chiefs. In 1920, Morgan moved into the newspaper business when he established the Cleveland Call. 
As the years went on, he became a prosperous and widely respected businessman and was able to purchase a home and an automobile invented by Henry Ford in 1903. In fact, Morgan was the first African-American to purchase an automobile in Cleveland, and it was Morgan's experience while driving along the streets of the city that inspired him to invent an improvement to the traffic signal. After witnessing a collision between an automobile and a horse-drawn carriage, Morgan took his turn at inventing a traffic signal, while other inventors had experimented with, marketed, and even patented traffic signals Morgan was one of the first to apply for and acquire a U.S. patent for an inexpensive way to produce a traffic signal. The patent was granted on November 20, 1923. Morgan also had his invention patented in Great Britain and Canada. The Morgan traffic signal was a T-shaped pole unit that featured three positions, stop, go, and an all-directional stop position. This third position halted traffic in all directions to allow pedestrians to cross streets more safely. Morgan's hand crate semaphore traffic management device was in use throughout North America until all manual traffic signals were replaced by the automatic red, yellow, and green light traffic signals currently used around the world. The inventor sold the rights to his traffic signal to General Electric for $40,000. Throughout his life, Morgan was always experimenting to develop new concepts. Though the traffic signal came at the height of his career and became one of the most famous inventions, it was just one of several inventions he developed, manufactured, and sold over the years. Morgan invented a zigzag stitching attachment for the manually operating sewing machine. He also founded a company that made personal grooming products such as hair dyeing ointments and the curved tooth press comb. As word of Morgan's life-saving inventions spread across North America and England, demand for these products grew. He was frequently invited to conventions and public exhibitions to demonstrate how his inventions worked. Along with many others, Morgan lost most of his wealth with the stock market crash, but it didn't stop his inventive nature. He developed glaucoma, but at the time of his death, he was still working on a new invention, a self-extinguishing cigarette. Morgan died on July 27, 1963, at the age of 86. His life was long and full, and his creative energies were recognized both during and after his lifetime. And the next person, Alfred Crail, an African-American businessman, invented the ice cream scoop in 1897. Thanks to Crail, today the ice cream scoop is a common household utensil and its invention did much to make ice cream a popular dessert around the world. While working at a hotel, Crail observed the difficulty ice cream service had scooping ice cream, having to use two utensils to get it from sticking to the utensil. Born on September 4, 1866 in Virginia, Crail worked for his father in the carpentry trade as a young man. According to Black Pass, Crail left for Washington, D.C., where he attended Wayland Seminary, a branch of the National Theological Institute founded by the American Baptist Home Mission Society immediately after the Civil War to help educate newly freed African Americans. Crail went on to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and worked as a porter at a drugstore and at a hotel. It was during his work at the hotel that he developed the idea of the ice cream scoop. Seeing ice cream servers struggle to get the confection desired by the customer into the cone they were usually holding, 
he noticed that the ice cream sticks to the spoons and ladles, usually requiring the server to use two hands and at least two separate implements to serve customers. Meanwhile, Krell had developed an interest in mechanics while working with his father, so he created a mechanical device now known as the ice cream scoop. He applied for, for and received a patent on February 2nd, 1897. 30-year-old Krell made the ice cream molder and disher, which he designed to keep ice cream and other foods from sticking and the invention spread all across the United States. His invention could be operated with one hand. The mold and disher were strong, durable, effective, and inexpensive and could be constructed in almost any desired shape, such as a cone or a mound, with no delicate parts that could break or malfunction. Krell became a successful Pittsburgh business promoter and worked as the assistant manager of the Afro-American Financial Accumulating Merchandise and Business Association in Pittsburgh. Even though he developed and patented the first ice cream scoop, Krell profited little or nothing from his invention. He later experienced some horroring tragedies. His wife and one of his daughters died in 1918 of a communicable disease. In 1920, he lost his only son to another disease. Later, in 1920, Krell himself was killed in an automobile accident in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, leaving behind his only surviving daughter, Anna Krell. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks to all that listen. Don't forget to move towards your dreams and have a great day.